0: Hello again everyone and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez and hope everyone today is doing good and I'm glad to be able to be a part of your life today as you're a part of my life on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to today's podcast because of the fact I know there's so many great things that we're learning about the nature of God but also His Word but also love of attraction and knowing what does God require of us. How should we begin to, you know, behave in the sense of, you know, know Knowing what to think and knowing how to feel and about life and about strategies and about things that God presents to us. So I'm going to touch on a little bit of that today. And I'm going to talk about today. Basically, this are the things that God brings to us as far as his answers or let's say something he presents to us as far as a job or or anything. Are the things that God brings to us? Are they for a lifetime? Now, I want you to think about that for a moment, because here's why I say this to you. As a life coach, a prophet, and a counselor, one of the things I recognize in pretty much all my sessions is so many people saying, but I thought God gave me this man. I thought God gave me this job. I could have sworn that God told me that I was going to be living here. Well, here's the idea you have to begin to come to, to realization of, and that is this. That God sees things upon his word. The Bible says he honors his word above his name. So what does his word say about these things? Some of the places that I've seen in the Bible, uh, you know, such as Elijah, get up and go to Zarephath. There you'll meet a widow woman, right? And so let's stop right there for a moment. Why did Elijah leave? He left because the brook ran dry. If something begins to run dry, that's when we're like, okay, do I stay? Do I not stay? But yet we see two great things in the story. Number one is we read where the brook dried up, and now Elijah's like, what do I do from here? And then God says, get up and go to Zarephath. So we see movement in a place that's dry, right? But here's my question to you. But didn't God bring him to the brook in the beginning, in the very first place? Why didn't Elijah, why didn't he just sort of set camp up by the brook? I mean, if God sent you there, then shouldn't you be stationed there? Shouldn't you build your ministry there? Shouldn't you find your wife there, your kids there, you know? I mean, we're so used to feeling like if God brings me somewhere or brings anything to me, then that means it's got to be for a lifetime, right? Let me tell you something. We have to remember God does not care about time, he really doesn't. Because when you think about this vast universe, everything goes in cycles and patterns and, and evolves into something else from something small into something big. We see that from galaxies. We see that from plants. We see that from you know our children. We see that everything actually evolves and grows. And so because of that, God is into, in, in the cycle of growth. Now, because God is in the cycle of growth, that means everything is going to grow from the state in which it it, it maybe presently was in, currently was in, or what it used to be in. It's going to grow, which means the word we use is this famous word called metamorphosize. It's things are going to begin to metamorphosize through what it used to be into something else. So, if God sends, gives the form of an acorn to the acorn and says, you're not going to go anywhere, thus said the Lord, I've called you to be as an acorn. And this is what you're supposed to look like, right? Does that mean that the acorn never is allowed to grow? It never is allowed to change its form? It's never allowed to do anything? No. Because it knows that it will do that. God made it that way to where it won't even look the same. If you hold an acorn up to an oak tree, that's a huge oak tree, guess what? There is no similarities whatsoever. There's nothing at all that even looks similar because one's a little tiny, tiny, like ball round type of look like it looks like a nugget versus this huge, vast tree that expands real far in the sky with with a lot of limbs and leaves on it. Right. So they look nothing alike. So we have to begin to realize that when we say, "Oh, but God brought this man to me," "Oh my gosh, I thought we we're going to be together forever," "Oh, I, you know, God brought me this job; it's the best I've ever had. I knew God gave it to me," and all of a sudden, the question: "But why?" So I would say this to you: "But why? What? But why is what? Think about that for a minute. Ask yourself the question: But why?" What is the next statement you're going to say after that question, but why? But you could say this. We could say, number one, but why did God take it from me if he gave it to me? Number two, you know, why has God moved me into something else now? Now, think about those two questions, and now, pardon me for saying this, guys, but but let's just face it. it. They're really not the brightest, smartest questions to ask, but yet we tend to ask them. They're not smart questions. Why? Because we could say, when we say, but why is God, you know, moving me out? Why is God taking me away from this when he gave it to me? But yet we don't look at literally, literally a hundred percent of everything in our world that never stays the same, and yet we can't question, or we can't sort of, we get, we get flustered by the thing that God brings us. That yet actually there's change in the midst of everything else, but yet we can't figure out why this is changing now as well. Let me ask, let me ask an honest question. Have you ever thought about this? Let's say, for example, you know, you could say, okay, you prayed, God gave you a dream, you got this amazing job, a year later, you don't have that job anymore. Maybe they laid you off, maybe you got fired, maybe the company's closing, maybe the company got bought out, and now they want to do away, do away with your department. Or maybe just maybe you're like, one of these are things are going on, and I'm like, what do I do from there? What, what, what do I go from there? But here's the key thing. Even on the job, even as you're on that job, guess what? Your managers, your boss, your coworkers they're all growing a day older, a year older, two years older, right? Their families are growing. Children, grandchildren, your, your position is growing because you're probably working with maybe new clients every day or maybe you have new things to do every day, new numbers coming in, you know, uh, new customers coming in. So if you notice, even on that thing that you feel, oh my God, God brought this to me and yet I I don't understand now. Even on the thing God brought to you, there's changing every moment and evolving and growth every moment of the day. But yet we question the larger scale of The job versus even what I do on the job grows and changes every day. And the people I work with grow and changes every day. And the company is either going down or going higher, right? It's either a debit or an asset, right? Because something because it's always in 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 movement. And yet we have the nerve to sit here like as if we're smart people to say, Why did God take this job away from me when he gave it to me to begin with? You know, and and we want somebody to say, Well, let's sit here. You're asking a question that really is out of the equation of everything. Literally everything. The universe, Christian, everything. So, guess what? Your job is not exempt from the very thing that this entire universe is going through, which is what? Growth. Growth, 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 right? So, because of that, we have to begin to Look at that and say, okay, you know what? Why did God give this to me? The Bible says this, everything is line upon line, precept upon precept. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. So already in these two scriptures alone, much as all the other scriptures we see where God says, go here, go there, go there, you know, then guess what? we realize that God does things in steps. Well, why would God give me a good job, Jeremy? Why would God give me a good job and all of a sudden take me from a year later? Because you're seeing it from a human point of view, and you're seeing it from a materialistic point of view. Because why? My job pays good, it's a good feeling job, or whatever. And so you're looking at it from that type of worldliness, when God is saying, you you can't look at it from that way. I mean, if one job pays good, there are thousands of other jobs that pay just as good, if not better, right? There's other offices that are just as pretty or prettier than that one, you know? And so you've got to begin to think before you speak. You've got to begin to think about this and say, wait a minute, hold on a minute. That's not the right question I need to be asking because what I need to be realizing is, I'm on this job and yet it doesn't matter what I what I, you know, look at and say, but I don't understand why because, it, you know, God gave it to me. But yet, you know, when you realize that what this job is entangled with is not you, it's entangled with God. It's entangled by the one who gave it to you, which means that you might be on the job not because you feel like God answered your prayer to get you more money. You could be on that job because the manager had been praying for somebody to work for that could work for them. That's a good Christian, and yet, you might think this is going to sound funny, but true. But you might think God gave you that job because of the fact that you were making. You need to make more money. Once again, it's the me syndrome. Me, 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 me. God blesses me. God bless me. God And it's all about me. And yet, could it be possibly about you and that the manager as well? Absolutely. Because, you know, the terminology we use that, you know, uh, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone, meaning I can take care of two things at the same time, right? That's true. Well, what if God looks at this and says, I can kill a thousand birds with one stone. I I could do 3,000 things at one time through this one thing, which might be affecting other people. And so you can't look at that as, but God promised me this and I make good money from it. Okay, well, what about if you got that job not always based on the fact that you asked for the job, but maybe somebody else prayed before you did or or during your prayer or after your prayer and asked for a good employee, a good employer. Someone who actually works diligent. Somebody who works more efficient, right? And maybe you are the answer prayer for them. And oh, and by the way, from the Lord, you're also going to make better money. <laughs> you know, while you're, while you're the answer for somebody else. See, you never stop to realize that God just doesn't look at you and said, I'm going to do this thing for you and leave out 7 billion people. Because you can't. Everything is connected. Let me say this again. Everything on this planet is connected. We can go to Science 101 and know vibrationally we can you know, frequency wise, energy wise, everything is connected. Everything is connected. When you get the understanding that everything is connected, you realize why God says, "I use all things, good, bad, and ugly, to work out for your good," because everything is connected in the sense of shifting and working things out for the empowerment or the better betterment of you. And don't leave out the and and. All these other people who've been praying and wishing and, and crying and dreaming and having visions as well, for theirs to be answered as well, right? And so you have to begin to understand that it's not I that liveth, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. If it's not you that liveth, then it's not you that should, should, should question if you truly give your life to Lord, then it should be you who decrease to not have the, answer, the question you should be asking because of the fact you signed a spiritual agreement that, you know what, it's not about me. It's about Him, and He's going to work through me to get not just the job done for me, but millions upon millions of other people. Why? Because we're all connected. And if I can be empowered, somebody else around me can be empowered, and 50,000 other people can be empowered by one prayer that can be answered. That's how you have to look at life, because that's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. Think about it. That is the kingdom of God. And so because of that, we have to begin to examine our lives to realize it's not about God not answering a question for you. It's not about, you know, well, God gave me this. He gave me this wife. He gave me this husband. And all of a sudden, she dies of cancer five years later. He, you know, he leaves me 25 years later. You can't look at life that way. And yet, as a human, you're pretty much going to look at life that way because we're all human. We're all going to question. But you have to, but after the questioning, you have to begin to, you know, um, get into that place we're, we're and, and 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 part of me is saying this, but the Bible says to put away childish things, right? If not, we're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We need to be able, to, after a while, when we're like maybe had our, have our little you know rampage of like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Then we can begin to move maturity to say, okay, I got all that silliness out of the way because I didn't understand, but now I need to see the bigger picture. Now I need to realize that everything is joined together and God is not working out for me because life is not about just making, you know, Jeremy happy. He's looking out for Sally and Bob and Tom and Karen and Ken and, you know, Barbie. I mean, he's looking out for all these other people because why? Because we're all the family of God or we're all connected. Whatever way you want to look at it, that's, that's the case. And so that's what God does. is He looks out for all of his children who are calling upon the name of the Lord and all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So guess what? He's got saving to do from all these people who are asking him for better jobs, a wife, a husband, don't want to be alone, I want kids, want more money, need to move, need to move. You know, get me out of the house of my parents, live and move in with my parents, give me a better job. You know get me into a new, new profession I need a new church God understand my ministry need a new ministry you know uh, you know I mean I mean uh, go on and on and on and on and on right and so we have to remember you know what God is not just looking on planet Earth and just says I see you and I just see you only and because I see you only I'm gonna give you something that's going to be eternal it'll be the rest of your life you don't have to worry about it because if I give you something it's never gonna go away that is false religion that's false theology. It's not biblical. And nowhere in the Bible will we find that. If that was the case, then Jesus' greatest mission, but he was here, uh, you know, for 30 years before, you know, he went to the cross and stuff. His greatest mission was to do that as far as going to the cross. Well, did he stay on the cross? And yet that was his mission. No, he did not stay on the cross. In fact, he, he died. So he came, he went through the cross, through death, and all of a sudden, guess what? back into life again. And so, if you think about it, guess what Jesus himself didn't say in the very thing God sent him to do. He went through it. Why? Because, yea, they'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, what if the valley, what if it's not a valley? What if it's something beautiful? What if it's something glorious? Then you know what? You're still going to walk through it and get to the next scene of your life. You have to remember everything is nothing more than a stepping stone. Everything, everything in your life is nothing more than a stepping stone getting you to whether, whether it's improving yourself, having a revelation, an awakening moment, getting softer, getting more, you know, more humility, you know, getting stronger, whatever the case may be, you're going through things to gain more about your character, about your, the attributes, about your compassion, your grace. And so everything deals with the betterment of you and everyone else. So because of that, We have to understand that God does not bring us things and keep us in those glorious, amazing things He's presented to us. He lets us go through them. And we might go through them in a week or two, or 10 years, or 50 years. But either way, you can't look and say, why did God take something He gave me? Because that's what God does. Even even when it deals with Job, we read in the Bible where it says, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Now, does it mean that God takes from us because we're bad people, we're ugly, we messed up? No, his mercy endures forever. He's not going to say, you know what, you are not perfect on your job. You know, you're perfect for 20 years, but that, that 21st, you know, uh, of that day, January 1st, of that 22nd starting point, you know what? You messed up. You're out of here. No. His grace is efficient. So because of that, he's not saying that. So when God takes from you, don't act like he's taken. It Taking is a negative thing. If you go into a hoarder's house, trust me, the Lord doesn't need to give. The Lord needs to take. Right? We need to clean that house out because people get depressed and down and, and you know, and weary. And what do they do? They clutter. They clutter their life up when they get down, depressed. They get stuck in a rut. They clutter their life. So God doesn't want that to happen to us. God wants us to be strong people, be healthy people mentally by taking away things from us to give us something new, not to hoard up. God is not saying he wants you to keep this job and then, because God's never going to take anything from you, then he's going to get you another job on top of that. Then he's going to get you another job five years later and you got three jobs. Hey, how you doing on those three jobs God gave you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. You know what? I mean, not really because I'm like extremely overweight. I'm sleeping two hours a night. I can't handle this. I never see my kids. My wife is going to divorce me. But yet God's gave me three jobs and he doesn't take anything from me. No, you see what I'm saying? And so God takes away the hoarding because he knows you will hoard up whatever it is he gives you over a period of time and, and make it become an idol because you will trust in it too much. And it's not even about the negative, like, hey, you're trusting in it so much, or you're making it into an idol. Those are top notch things. However, sometimes God just says, look, you were meant to go through this. Just because I give you something, you were meant to go through it. Not to stay in it anyway, but you did not hear my voice because your theology messed you up. Everything is a stepping stone, my friend, everything. And let me say this, and just on another, on one more level before I close. Marriages are meant to be. God loves reconciling people to friends, friends to friends, uh, reconciling friends and enemies back together to be friends. God loves reconciling, you know, married couples back to, you know, back to being strong in in their in their marital type of covenantal vows. Yes. However, with that said, Jesus also did mention some things that are perfectly uh, perfect grounds for divorce. And yet God does not hold it against you because Jesus said these are grounds in which you can divorce on. Right? And so you have to think about that. If something is shifted or altered even within that, then you know what? You have legal rights from, the, from your Heavenly Father to divorce. If somebody's beating you to a pulp and you know God brought this man to you, I would say to you're being stupid if you're staying into a relationship where a man is beating on you and yet you say God gave him to him. God might have given it to him from the very beginning, but what if God gave him to you to waken you up to say, you know what, this is how you should not be treated, (laughs) right? Come on. I mean, God takes the good, bad, and the ugly to turn it around for our good, which means that he brings things in our lives sometimes that look ugly. Not that God wants you to be, get beat up. Let me get set there straight. But sometimes ugly things will come into your life because it should. The idea is to trigger something in you enough to where you get desperate to awaken to something healthier. And so God will do that a lot of times in our lives to say, I did bring this person to you. However, I didn't bring their characteristics to you. I didn't bring their attributes to you. I didn't bring their abuse to, them, to you. I didn't bring their depression. I didn't bring their, you know, their, their temperament, their anger to you. I brought you them and through that we begin to understand and diagnose what's going on and then we say you know what God might have brought you to me but yet you're demonstrating things that God ne- that God never dem- demonstrated uh, wanted you to demonstrate and you never allowed yourself to be healed from them so on that ground i have every legal right naturally and spiritually to walk out on you and divorce you so you have to understand reconciliation is powerful and it's needed however God also doesn't want you to be crazy either, right? God really expects you to say, hey, you know what? Read my word and know that not everything is gonna be forever. And some things don't need to be forever, right? In the situations like that. And some things really are just there to make you understand and to learn on one job, to where the next job you get that'll be better in God's kingdom. Guess what? You needed the previous job opportunities in order to get this new job. So you might say, "But I've learned so much on this on this job, and I learned it good." Well, that's great, and wonderful. But your learning curve was not for that; it was for the next job. Think about Moses for a, for a moment. Moses, you know, we if we if we took Moses into the modern day world, we would not understand him. Moses was raised and trained by Pharaoh, who is like and an, who is like a dad to him and yet pharaoh was horrible he was horrible had people killed he he treated people like slaves he did he had slaves and guess what yet moses pharaoh paid money good money i should say to his quote unquote son we could say to moses and yet never knew that he was raising and training at moses in pharaoh's court so god used an evil man through his finances and through his protection as, as a Pharaoh to even teach and train Moses to where God could raise up Moses and then eventually leave and then find his higher mission or call or basically his just call period, right? And so God can use whatever and whoever he wants to, to finance you, to bless you, to, uh, to teach you, to educate you, but you, but it doesn't mean you have to stay with them or stay in that situation or stay in that job, right? If yeah. that's the case, we could have said, "Well, you know what? Hey, you know what? This lady, you know, uh, uh, found me as a baby and and rescued me. So I'm just gonna stay with her forever. You know, I can overlook what Pharaoh's doing. No, he had a call of God upon his life. He knew that things were temporal in that moment and had to be able to shift to know what God was saying to him in order to set you know God's people free. So guess what? Not everything's forever, and even the thing God, even the things God God brings to you are not forever, folks." They're only there for your empowerment, your learning, your training. And here's the key thing. Even things that go outside of teaching and training and educating, we, we have to realize and say, you know what? It's not really up to me to question why I'm even here. I happen to be here. God wants me here. And I'm going to live in the now moment, give it my all, learn the best I can, awaken the best I can. And if God sees fit for me to leave and, and move, hey, you know what? To God be the glory, I'm not going to argue about it. I'm just going to do what He wants me to do. And that's, that's, that's how we should be in our lives. Giving where we are our very best, our very all. Because that's where God has called us is right now. Where's God called you? Well, I don't know where God's called me. I don't know if he's called me to this job or this job. No, that's not what I ask you. Where has God called you? Your answer should be this. God has called me to be here now. Where are you now? Where are you? Well, I'm right here. I'm right here, right here in my now moment of where I am is where God's called me. And I'm going to give this moment, this reality, everything that I have. I'm not going to question what's connected. I'm not going to question why I'm here. I'm not going to question how long I'm going to be here. None of that matters. Even if somebody told me you're going to be here 30 days and two hours, it's not going to matter. That's going to build anxiety for me, right? Oh, my God, countdown. I'm just going to be here now. Let God take care of what God can handle. And I'm going to continue to attract everything I need to do by focusing on my now reality, drawing it into my world, because obviously I want more of the now moment of whatever now moment is bringing to me. That's what I want more of. So I can evolve and whatever God chooses to evolve with me, it evolves with me. Whatever God chooses to leave my side as I evolve into something greater, you know what, then that's his choosing to do it. Either way, I'm going to live now and be happy and rejoice and be glad in this now moment. So I really hope this bless you guys. I really do. And I have a, a book called The Power of the Eternal Now. and It's it's one of my first books. When I, when the, it's a classic. And I would definitely encourage you guys to get it. It's a hard read. I'm not going to lie to you. You definitely want to read it over and over again because I have a lot of major revelation packed in that book. So I would say go to the website okay it's um, the power of the eternal now go to identitynetwork.net and enter this name the power of the eternal now download this book or order the book today you'll be glad you did I can autograph it for you but let me just tell you something we need to be able to get into the place where we understand that we don't have to understand Right And when we do, we set ourselves free from the how, when wheres, and whys and how long must it to be here and this is too long, not long enough. what God tell me, no, we, we don't need to know the timing. God God is in a timeless dimension. What God cares about is just be here now. Be where I tell you to be. Don't quite be where I want you to be. Give your best. Walk in your joy since it's a, 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 since it's something you can choose. And just manifest. Manifest who you are in that now moment. Let everybody see that manifestation of you being you. And let me take care of the rest. Right? That's what God's asking for us today. So set yourself free from everything else. Right? It's not worth it anyway. Set yourself free from all the anxiety and the stress and the pressure that life can bring to you. And just live life. All right? That's a beautiful thing about the kingdom of God. So as I close, let me just say this. is I I love to say this because it's so true. If you don't like your day, change the way you're thinking. Change the way you look at your reality. Change the way you quit looking in the future, live right now, and as you do, bring in that joy, bring in that happiness, and begin to be that magnet that would draw in the energy, the power, the anointing, the strength you need from God that would shift and change the rest of your day. Remember, thoughts do become things, and you want to be a participant of your life and not a spectator. Have